Welcome to Section 9, where we talk about IT and information security. I'm Damian Hall. And I'm Dorothy. And today we're going to be talking about Bloodhound, and we're also going to talk about security that works for us. Now, let's start from the beginning here. Uh, In a previous episode, I talked about doing some Active Directory testing using Bloodhound. And I was actually going to use uh, Bloodhound, Plumhound, Mimikatz, and Pincastle. And these were all supposed to help us uh, sort of do an audit of Active Directory and look at the security of Active Directory. And it turns out that I didn't get very far. In fact, I had so much trouble trying to figure out how to run Bloodhound, I never got a chance to use any of the other tools. And once I figured out how to get Bloodhound to work, then you have to figure out, okay, well, what is it? telling you? What's the information actually mean? And I couldn't figure out what was really going on. And it didn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. Um, So it was kind of a lesson in, you know, doing research that that kind of tells you what's really happening with a particular tool. So it's kind of like running Wireshark and doing a packet, packet capture and not knowing what packets are. If you don't know what packets are, then then Wireshark is kind of useless to you until you learn. What exactly does Bloodhound do or supposed to do? So that's something that I learned after I figured out how to actually run the thing. Bloodhound is supposed to gather information from Active Directory. And their little slogan is six degrees of domain admin. So what Bloodhound is supposed to do is it's supposed to tell you ways in which you can gain domain admin. Like if there's a way for you to, to, to change your permissions from whatever it is you have as a user and modify those settings to gain domain admin, Bloodhound... Like elevate from a regular user to admin rights on the... Exactly. But you're looking at domain admin. So within Active Directory, you're going to be domain admin and you'll have full access to everything. So that's what Bloodhound is supposed to do. And again, I didn't know this when I started out. Found that after the fact because I'm like, hey, wait a minute. I don't understand what Bloodhound is doing here. So I went on YouTube, did some searching, found a video, watched it. And the guy sort of explained what Bloodhound was for. And that's when I went, oh, okay, well, in this particular case, for me and what we do here at Section 9, even what I do at work, I'm not sure how to incorporate this into that. And it was so hard to just get Bloodhound running the thing is, how are you going to see, we don't have Active Directory. So this is just me playing around with the tool to see. So if I want to do an audit of somebody else's Active Directory, uh, I can use Bloodhound for that. At least that's what my thought was. Bloodhound also has a way of doing some testing against Azure AD. So we could test it against Azure AD. Now, let me take a step back here. And let's talk about the lab environment. So we're doing this on the uh, VMware server, and I have server 2019, I have Windows 10, I have my Lubuntu, and I have a domain environment configured. And then eventually I ended up installing Kali Linux, which we'll talk about in a minute. But I tried to do, or I tried to install Bloodhound on my Lubuntu system, and that's just basically Ubuntu 20.04, it's the latest long-term supported version, had all kinds of issues trying to get it installed, managed to do that, but then when I ran it, didn't do anything. So I'm like, well, what's going on here? This isn't working right. And then I ran it on Kali Linux because Kali Linux actually has an easier way of installing that. You just do an apt install 
Bloodhound. It puts everything you need in there. And then there are instructions on how to actually run Bloodhound itself. Bloodhound is Linux? So Bloodhound is an application that's going to run on Linux. However, you're testing Active Directory. So then the question is, well, how, how does Bloodhound get information from Active Directory? So this is what you do. There's, a, there's an executable and a PowerShell script called SharpHound. And what I decided to do was I decided to use the executable. So now the question is, well, how do I get the executable onto server 2019? So what I had to do was, or well, this is the way I did it. I downloaded it onto the Lubuntu box. I set up a Samba share from that machine to access it from the Windows server side. So Samba does Windows file sharing. And I was able to then connect to that from the server side and see the um, SharpHound executable, the, the, the program. And then I went to go and run that. Well, turns out that uh, Windows Defender does not like SharpHound, sees it as malware. And so I would go and try to double-click it, and before I could get to that, it would disappear. And uh, Windows Defender would give you a pop-up notice of you know malware found, something along those lines. It was probably sandboxing it. Exactly. And so what I had to do is go into the settings for... Um, Control panel? Yeah, so there's some security settings for... Windows Defender, and I had to go and turn off, uh, I forget what they call it, but it's sort of like the the part of Windows Defender that's doing the continuous monitoring and scanning of the system and looking for evil. That part, I had to turn that off. Once you turn that off, you can run uh, SharpHound because Windows Defender doesn't check for that all the time. So once I was able to run SharpHound, scans Active Directory, and then it creates this zip file that you can then bring into Bloodhound and Bloodhound is supposed to then do something with it. And this is where Bloodhound kind of gets goofy. So you drag and drop the files onto Bloodhound. Bloodhound will then say it's uploading the files to the system, and then nothing. It's just a blank screen. That's when I found out you have to run these queries, and they have built-in queries. You can write your own, but they have built-in queries that allow you to search the data for, for information. And then it creates this little map of, of, of how you would get to domain admin. But it's, it's not something that I fully understand yet. So once I got it all working, that's when I was like, okay, I need to go find some videos on, on what this actually is and what am I looking at. And that's when that six degrees of, of domain admin made sense to me in that it's trying to show you a path to domain admin and how you might elevate your privileges to get in, to gain domain admin access. Because couldn't you then get into the command line, do net user, figure out the user that you want to do, change the password and get in? No. So what, what, what happens is, let's say, for example, you are a regular user. Right. You don't have access to the server. You only have access to you. Now, let's say you want, you are... Um, so the example that they had in the video I watched, the guy runs Bloodhound, gathers all this information, does his queries, and he figures out that he's a regular user, but he's a regular user that's part of a special group. That special group has access to domain admin. So because he's part of that special group, 
he can use his group access somehow to then elevate his user account to domain admin and thereby giving himself domain admin. Now, I don't fully understand how he did that. I'm going to have to watch that again and do some research on that. But that's kind of how this is supposed to work. It gives you a path to domain admin. And it's not the same thing as hacking into a domain admin account. It's taking your existing account and figuring out ways in which you can gain access. And there's other ways of doing this too. It's not just one way. It's a bunch of ways. So that's where something like Bloodhound or Wireshark may be one of those things that certain people just can't figure out because they don't understand what a packet is. Well, that doesn't help you when you're trying to run Wireshark. When you don't fully understand Active Directory and a path to domain admin and all of that. Well, I guess it seems to me from what you're saying is that instead of somebody hacking in and you'll be able to see the evil a little bit more clearly is actually using one of the active users in Active Directory and elevating that it will be less suspicious unless you really have memorized who has admin access or not. You know what I'm saying? In a big corporation. Well, it's not, it's not about that. What it's about is how do I, as the hacker, gain domain admin and have control over everything? And I know it can be done because in one of my SANS courses, uh, our instructor talked about getting domain admin access in a pen test that he was doing. So these are real things that people do. And one of the things that you can use to help you get there is something like Bloodhound. Now, um, again, the problem I have with Bloodhound for me is that it's hard to install and then once you get it working, I don't understand the results. I don't understand how to read the results. I don't understand what they mean. Like, how would I how would I use that to get better security? Well, and the thing with it is you need to understand how to see the evil that is going on and how to read it in order to recognize it, to be able to understand the tool. Yeah, and the tool is doing an audit against Active Directory. So what you're looking at is, Active Directory security. What things can I do to prevent somebody from gaining domain admin, right? So that part of it is is something that... So I guess I'm curious because you said you have to do a query. So would you be able to identify, okay, somebody's running a query on this or the kind of query? No? So what happens with with the information you get from Sharphound, it goes into Bloodhound. Bloodhound is kind of like a database. Right. So the database has all this information about Active Directory. It's not that somebody else is doing it. You did it. Right. It's your database. So you have to ask the database to give you information. So that's where your query comes in. Your query is against the data you collected. It's not that the hacker is doing something. You are doing so. You got the data out of Active Directory. Then you have to query to find out whatever you want to find out from there. Right, and I, I don't know enough about the query stuff to be able to do that. But they have default queries in there that let you pull some stuff out of there. So let's evaluate Bloodhound in our particular situation. At this point, Bloodhound is of no use to me because. While I did manage to run that and I was able to get data out of Active Directory, 
And by the way, one thing I forgot to mention is that you're testing bloodhound. You have to have bad blood. So bad blood is the tool I used to uh, create user accounts and OUs and group policies and all this stuff. So there was something for bloodhound to see because otherwise it wouldn't have seen anything. And when you run bad blood, it creates like over 2,000 user accounts. So it really does create a whole bunch of stuff in there. It's not just user accounts. I think it does OUs and, and... Well, it has to do whatever it is that Bloodhound can look at. Well, yeah, but but Bad Blood is separate from Bloodhound. So Bad Blood, again, does user accounts. It does groups. And, and so when you run Bloodhound against that Active Directory... It then has groups and user accounts that it can it can actually look at. Otherwise, you have nothing in there. So, bad blood is something you also install. So, bad blood is a is a PowerShell script that does all this stuff for you. So, you just run that in PowerShell, creates all this stuff for you. Takes a bit for it to do that, but then again, you you can then run Bloodhound against that or Sharphound, and then put all that information into Bloodhound, and you'll have something to look at. So, looking at what you're trying to do, you know you're trying to to learn or to gain some skills by learning security onion and you know some of the security tools like bloodhound now that you've run into this issue how do you redo your your plan to gain that skill like where do you go from here so here's what what I've learned from this and 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 here's how I'm going to approach this for right now bloodhound is not for us so that's going to have to go away for a little bit, and we have to focus on things that make more sense. So in our case, if you really want to have good security for Section 9 or any other smaller organization, I don't, I'm not sure I would recommend looking at bad blood. What I would suggest is look at the critical security controls. Look at things like um, Sysmon and Deep Blue CLI. I think those things are really, really good. I would also... For us, I would look at Security Onion. I would look at some of the features that Security Onion has to offer because I think that those are going to be better for us. Are they building on the existing security that we have? Yes. And so this goes to uh, better overall prevention in terms of what we do with the first six critical security controls. There may be more. And then when you look at things like Sysmon and, and Deep Blue CLI, that's better detection. Because if you think that there's something going on with a workstation or a laptop, you can run Deep Blue CLI against the logs you have in Sysmon, and you can see way more things than you would with the default logging. So when, when you're looking at things like, um, where's the evil? Is there evil? What's going on? Sysmon and Bloodhound, or Sysmon and, and Deep Blue CLI are going to help you see that. And then when you look at at uh, Security Onion, you're sending all of your logs to Security Onion, and then it can analyze all of that to look for evil as well and then notify you of something that may be going on. So would you say that is um, something that is better for a small network, or would you still think that um, Deep Blue CLI and Sysmon would be good on a bigger network? Both. Both. So you can actually get used to looking at it and using it and gaining some skills on a, at a small scale and then it, it escalates better? Because, I mean, it, I guess I have a question. 
when you say you're running, you're sending security on in your logs, do you have to configure them in a certain way to be able to gather a certain kind of information to be able to send to Security Onion? Or do you send all the information to Security Onion and Security Onion sorts it out? That's something we're going to have to look at. Oh, okay. So so we're, you know, there's a lot of things about this that I don't know yet. And, and so that's why we're going to test this. We're going to see how this works. We're going to learn about all that kind of stuff. And, and uh, I think it's going to be good. I think we're going to learn a lot of good stuff that, that makes sense for a lot of organizations. Um, Security Onion is not for everybody. But I think if, if we learn it, that's a huge step in the right direction because I can see a lot of organizations using that as a way of doing better um, logging, better tracking of your systems in terms of what's going on, where's the evil, better incident response, better, better overall detection and being able to see things you couldn't see without something like Security Onion. So am I going to learn that as well? Eventually, we're going to get there because it may be something that we use for Section Nine, and that would be okay. That so would be something to maintain. <laughs> yes, but that if we do that, that would be awesome because again, Security Onion is that uh, security operations center in a in a Linux distribution. It has all of the things you need to run a security operations center. So that would be really cool if we could do that and run that for Section Nine. But I think that's it for now. Uh, we covered a lot of things. I'm going to try to put some show notes together uh, and links to different things. Because when I when I went through Bloodhound, I was all over the place. I was looking at all kinds of websites. I was looking at the GitHub repos. I was looking at YouTube videos. And, and it was hard for me to keep track of what was where. Uh, so I'm going to try to put some of that in there um, in our show notes. So there's a lot we still have to do because... Uh, this just this just didn't work the way that I wanted it to. But if you have any comments or questions, you can send us email at support at section9.us. Again, we will have our show notes that are on our website. If you haven't subscribed to our podcast, please do so. And thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. <laughs>